Hello and welcome to the Rethink Missions podcast, stories and lessons from frontier missionaries to unreached people groups. If you are a church planter, aspiring church planter, or missions-minded believer, this podcast will challenge your thinking and encourage your heart. Here is your host, Jeremy Wardlaw. You are listening to the first ever Rethink Missions podcast. Dun, da, da, da. We already had like intro music. That was awesome, by the way. Yes. Thank you, Davis Butte, for your amazing intro music. Yeah. So what was your music about? I have intro music? You just did. Well, it's just a really a prestigious event. It's finally getting started. That's pretty exciting. Finally. Yeah, well, you've been working really hard on it, so I'm glad. Okay, well, if the end product is garbage and I've been working really hard on it, then... I will still be proud. <laughs> ah, she's also gorgeous, <laughs> just so everyone understands. But you this can... is the Rethink Missions podcast, and uh, really the goal of this podcast, for me and for hopefully for you, is to learn and grow from other missionaries. Um, I know I've learned in grown from the stories and lessons passed on from veteran missionaries. And so I thought I'd continue that growth and maybe even share that with you guys. And so that's the idea of this podcast, that there are 2,000 people groups unreached, and it's one of the hardest jobs in the world to take the gospel to them. Um, and so we need to learn from those who have gone before and reached other people groups and really get on their shoulders, as it were, and learn from their lessons, maybe even live up to their what they've left behind and make an impact in a different people group. So that's the idea of this podcast. Um, yeah. It's so encouraging always to hear other missionaries share, but it's not easy to access all the time because... We're all in different remote locations all over the world because of the state of unreached people groups being so isolated. We often don't get a chance to hear, maybe from those in our same country, but almost never from those in other countries. So it's it's just a real encouragement. Uh, we're just praying that God would use this podcast to just encourage and grow um, and not be not feel so isolated. Yeah, and depending on your church, maybe you've never heard about unreached people groups and what it takes to reach them. Um, so, man, hopefully we can expose you to this world of missions where God is reaching unreached people groups. You've maybe heard the word, but maybe you have never heard these stories and never understood the level of inaccessibility to the gospel that is there and what it takes to get the gospel into these languages and cultures. I think that would be important maybe like just for those who who maybe don't know a lot to define what unreached people group means. I think for us we have a specific way we like to define that maybe different from other organizations or other churches. So for me I really think of where I grew up 
I grew up in South America and among an unreached people group, they did not speak the national language. They only spoke their language. They lived isolated from uh, cities, from the national language and culture. Unless someone moved into the, their village and their livelihood and learned their language and culture and taught about who God is and served them and loved them, they were never going to hear about God's love and forgiveness. And the way I grew up and, the, and seeing these friends come to understand who God is, man, that really impacted me. And that's what I think of when I think of unreached people groups. I think of not just someone who um, hasn't understood the gospel, but someone who has no access to the gospel because of their language and culture. Um, and that's unfortunately the case for almost 2.3 billion people. And so there's, there's so many people out there that literally don't have access to the gospel. And I, I feel like as one going, we're on the front end of this ministry. We are so passionate about this and it's a no brainer really that this is where we should dedicate our lives and we feel like it's a no-brainer for the the church as a whole too to take on the responsibility of loving these communities and serving in them and sharing Christ um, in their in their language and culture yeah I think for me I I mean I grew up in the church and yet never either I never heard it or it never sunk in that whole unreached people group, that phrase or that definition. And I didn't really understand what was going on in the world and that there's still, you know, 2000 plus, depending on how you categorize it, unreached people groups that are all over the world. And it's not just little villages, you know, I think, I think that's what I thought. I thought, well, there's unreached people groups, but like hundred here, hundred there, but it's in the thousands and the millions, you know, I just didn't, had never thought that before. And then when I finally actually experienced a very short term, you know, outreach to unreached, it was just almost frustrating, almost discouraging because you see just the need. And yet I, you know, never myself felt the need to go until I actually was there and met them and was there and like spoke to them and saw their complete need for the gospel, the complete need just for the Bible, because that's a huge part of the definition, right? Is they don't have the Bible in their language. So that definitely just seeing it firsthand impacted me a lot. And I know that for you, that was a huge part just growing up and seeing them, knowing them by name, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Knowing them by name and by face, it's not a number, right? It, they're people with families, kids, you know, dads and uncles and aunts who have no chance. Um, take me back to when you first faced someone and you realized, oh my goodness, this is an unreached person. Take me back to that moment. Where well, were you? 
Oh, well, okay. Yeah. So we were in Mexico and we were just doing this short term outreach and we encountered a lot of immigrant workers who were um, mainly unreached people groups. So just people who didn't speak Spanish, people who spoke their native language. And for us, our goal was to get them material, get them CDs and different booklets in that have been translated into their language. And so we had to just figure out, first of all, where they were from. Now, this this had been going on for years and years and years before I ever joined in and just took a small part in it. So they had data showing, you know, okay, we've seen people from this people group in the years past. We've seen people from this language group. But there was this one camp that we went to. We were going around just kind of diagnosing, okay, what languages are here? And we found this people group that I, I didn't know. I'm just a newbie. And I went to that. There's just a little door, knock on the door, find find out where they're from, discover, okay, this sounds, okay, this is their language here. And went back to the van where kind of the veterans were. And they were just like, oh my goodness, we have never seen someone from this people group here before. You guys have to go back. You have to talk to them. Here's some material. You got to give it to them. It was just kind of seeing their desperation in that moment, seeing how excited they were and how they knew that this was kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity really challenged. It just kind of surprised me. So when we went back, we were talking to these guys. I mean, I did not speak good Spanish. I was very, you know, not the best Spanish. No bueno. No bueno. No bueno espanol. Por favor, ayúdame. Um, so yeah, the guy and they were their native language is not Spanish. So they were just speaking broken Spanish, and we were speaking broken Spanish. And we tried to kind of we gave them material, and they kind of just nodded. There was a group of five or six guys in this little little spot, and they just kind of smiled and were friendly, but you could tell they, I mean, they're like, who, why are these people here? First of all, and why are they trying to give us this stuff? They were excited that it was their language and they, they thought it was cool that we had a CD with someone speaking in their language. And that was interesting, but we left that night and we were so excited that we had gotten to talk to them. And yet you just feel the emptiness in it. You feel the kind of hopelessness of man this was like five guys from a whole people group and we gave them a a cd with with a little bit of information on it and you never know what god's gonna do with that but you just see the need that they need the word of god in their own language because we desperately need the word of god every day it's the same for our brothers and sisters in other countries it's not like us as westerners somehow have the right to the written word and others don't, right? Mm. So that was, I think that really was a defining moment for me and just realizing, man, I want to dedicate my life to seeing people like those guys, people groups that have no access, don't even know what their need most of the time. They don't know they're missing out on anything. Um, come to get the opportunity at least to understand and, and respond to the gospel I think that, yeah. And another part of it is just the missionaries we were working with. They impacted me so much. I had read, I had been really interested in like missionary biographies growing up and the Jesus Freaks book that has a lot of testimonies of current and past believers who gave everything, sometimes their lives. And that really got me 
going into just the the world of missions, which is a big world. But seeing the missionaries there in Mexico with the unreached, they you could just see the the desire of them to do whatever they could to get whatever they could into the hands of these people because of how desperate they were for God, how desperate they were for the gospel. And that made me think, you know what? I have a life to give and I can only do one thing with my life. And I think because I now know, I don't have the excuse of just being ignorant anymore. Um, so that was, I mean, so that's why I'm excited about this podcast is that I know just sometimes you don't get that opportunity to rub shoulders with some of these veteran missionaries who have been just given their lives for years and decades. Right. So I'm really thankful for even just for us to have these recorded and have these stories to go to and times are rough. And you just know that God uses believers to bless each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just so nice with technology to be able to have that travel across the ocean in like two seconds. <laughs> you painted that picture so well, just seeing these five guys from this people group. And maybe you have a few stories in their language, but nobody who speaks their language, nobody who understands their culture, what makes them get up in the morning, who they are, their stories. I mean, they needed or they deserve more than a few stories, right? Mm -hmm. They they need someone willing to live with them, Mm -hmm. serve them, care for them, and share about who God is and what Mm -hmm. Christ has done for them. What role would you say other missionaries played for you? Huge, huge. And, uh, you know, I've had the privilege of being around other missionaries, and I love hearing their stories um, because it really reminds me of how good God is, how gracious he is, how persistent he is, that even someone in a real remote, difficult location, God is very persistent and um, very gracious and patient. Um, And you hear that as you hear how these missionaries have given their lives, even if it's taken years and decades um, to get to a point where they believe people have understood um, God's love for them and accepted it. And that has, I mean, that, you know how that's impacted me. I, I always you know, refer to stories that I've heard and, um, even as a couple, our marriage is influenced by counsel from other believers. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, shout pe- out to the falls. Yeah, Dan and Cassie, you guys are <laughs> awesome. Um, but we we get to experience the joy of this marriage in large part because of counsel that we um, got from mm-hmm. others who have been married yeah. <laughs> before. Yeah, once. Once. <laughs> Yeah. Are there any stories that come to mind about uh, missions, not about marriage? Yeah, of course. The f- The first one that comes to mind, and hopefully I'll get the chance to interview them for this podcast, but is, um, I actually don't know if I can say don't their names. Don't say their names. Yeah, you're probably not supposed to. <laughs> Anyways, a missionary couple and... John and Jane. John and Jane. 
they were planting a church and I had the privilege of being able to visit them. And before there had been a church plant and uh, I was in the same country that they were in, um, but out in the city doing uh, work with a not-for-profit. And, uh, you know, I was adjusting. I was really making a go of it in terms of trying to make friends and get connected in, in the local church um, and work at my job and, and try to, you know, do a good job. But yeah, I was struggling with culture shock and what it looked like to be a believer um, and feel uh, taken advantage of or feel um, ridiculed. And so I was sort of expressing these concerns with these missionaries. <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, she just turned to me in a phrase and just smiled and said, you know, as I was expressing how difficult it is, right? And she just said, what do you mean? Die to self? <laughs> and I, like, uh... I knew that dying to self was part of the Christian life, but that it was like a thing you smile about and just say in a simple phrase, like as you're feeling like you're just being squished and crushed by this culture. And, um, and she was able to say, are you just talking about, you know, die to self? Like, is that what this whole conversation is about? And I just, in that moment realized, yeah, that, that is all it is, right? So oftentimes it was just those phrases from someone who's gone through something so much more difficult mm -hmm. than I had experienced. You know, they're in the middle of nowhere um, in their second language and second culture, um, navigating all kinds of chaos. Well, I don't know if it was chaos, but navigating a lot mm -hmm. when it comes to... Um, culture and developing friendships and and yeah that phrase that's why we always say in our marriage smile and die smile and die when we were dating i'm just gonna pull a little side here um when we were dating jeremy sometimes would uh <laughs> very romantically sign his like little notes to me with a smiley face and a tombstone <laughs> yeah rip. very very romantic <laughs> smile and die not romantic, but very theological. Very, oh yes, you know that's how you get the girls at Bible school. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, it's well, I got you, so yeah, I guess the girl. Sorry, and that's all I ever wanted. Oh, move on. Right, so right at this moment, we have all this hooked up. I should all our <laughs> equipment is hooked up to. Adora the Explorer. Trademark. Oh, I can't say that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, table. Mm -hmm. Which is, I feel like, kind of fitting. It is, I do. Yeah. And But you didn't mention the Dora the Explorer kids table is propped up on top of another table in order to have it high enough for the microphones to reach us. Yeah. I've, I'm like so anxious that all of this equipment <laughs> and my computer will like fall slip off of this other table and fall to the ground but so if you hear a loud bang at any point in this uh, podcast that's what it was that's what it was 
Now, the reason I mention that is because that's the only place I can really hook this stuff up because the rest of the space is taken up by our six bags. Is it six bags? I Yeah, I think there's six right now. There's going to be more. We, oh, man. We have six bags that we are allowed to take on the plane as we head off to uh, West Africa and in 11 days. 11 days. 12 days. A few days. A few days. People yeah. don't need to know exactly when. In a few days, we'll be headed off to West Africa. Yeah, that's, yeah. And um, our lives kind of feel a little like the Dora Explorer table on top of another table right now, just living with uh, your parents and who have graciously let us stay in their home and packing up with our. We probably should have mentioned we have a one year old daughter. Oh yeah, she's asleep. Definitely should have mentioned that. <laughs> but she she's amazing. She's been such a trooper, mm-hmm. and we get to do this as a family. Yeah, we're excited that we get to be a part of what God is doing. We don't know all the details, and we definitely don't feel like um, we're the f- we're ready for this. <laughs> we feel like we need to learn and grow a lot more. Well, that's one of the things that's encouraging about other missionaries and their stories is that they're just normal people. Like yeah. this pedestal we tend to put missionaries on is so it's not it's not biblical, but it's also just not accurate, right? Like God calls normal people all throughout scripture to do his work. He never stipulates that they have these extreme talents or or maybe he does in some cases. I shouldn't say never. But God calls regular people, and and when you talk to missionaries and hear their stories, that's what you realize is that, oh my goodness, they have the same struggles and same fears as I do. They are afraid of spiders too. I'm very thankful that missionary ladies have shared their fear of insects and centipedes because otherwise you get this idea that you have to be Rambo willing to brave the jungles and and have no fear of snakes or well i like snakes but no fear and that's just not accurate right yeah uh it isn't and it doesn't mean it's not an awesome responsibility you know we're not downplaying the role of translating the bible and getting and trying to communicate that effectively in another language and culture um because I think some people here, you know, we're reg- we're just regular people and they think it's, oh, you're downplaying this responsibility. And that's not it at all. It's the weight of the responsibility on, and, but I look in the mirror and I see exactly who I am and I'm thinking, this has to be God. Mm-hmm. And it is, thankfully, mm-hmm. that uh, we get to be a part of this. Ah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And for people out there listening, I hope this is encouraging to those already on the field. They can learn from stories um, from regions of the world maybe they're not in. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they can pass them on to people that they think um, would would be encouraged and challenged by these um, be the, by these stories and lessons. And for those who are so serving in their local churches here in North America, we also want this podcast to be uh, an encouragement and challenge to you for to reach out to those in your own community 
the, the same way that Christ did in his community and the same way that missionaries are doing all over the world. God bless, and we're thinking of you and praying for you. Thanks for listening, and uh, we hope you listen to the next ones. They'll be much more interesting people than us. Yes. Yes, they will. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some Canadian missionaries coming up, different people serving who have served in other countries or are still serving currently. It's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah. You've been listening to the Rethink Missions podcast. For more information and episodes, go to wmissions.com. If you like this episode, leave us a positive review and subscribe 